Hey, how you doing? What's up? What's up? This is Lou Ford here, and it's time for Coffee in a Car Ride. I'm in my ride, I got my Java in hand, and I'm ready to cruise. So pour yourself a cup, jump in the passenger seat, and come for a ride. It's Coffee in a Car Ride. Exhaled banner. You may have ever heard Lady Gaga right there. Use your right hand and repeat after me. I, Kamala Davy Harris, do solemnly swear. I, Kamala Davy Harris, do solemnly swear. Today, Joe Biden, Kamala Harris, inaugurated, officially taking office as President and Vice President of the United States. Trump is leaving. As happy and great and joyous vacation as that is, I'm apprehensive. After the event of two, from two weeks ago, January 6th, the continued ongoing rise of white, you know, white supremacy, the other issues connected along with Trump's base, the pandemic, a simple transition of power, well, great was not an overjoyous occasion. I was too apprehensive. Unlike my stepmother, who was watching the entire inauguration, hooping and hollering and cheering and jumping around like a fucking Mexican jumping bee, which I couldn't fully understand. So, my stepmother, despite our weird and kind of strange and turbulent history, we had a discussion. We sat down and we talked. So I could gain a better understanding as to why she was so overjoyed of this historic event. What's up? What's up? What's up? This is Lou Ford here. Back from another episode of Coffee in a Car Ride. It's my podcast where I drive around with a cup of coffee. A rant about shit that pisses me off. You know, current events and all that. And today, um, this being, of course, the inauguration... Joe Biden and Kamala Harris officially making them per se, you know, really president and vice president. Uh, I'm joined um, today by uh, a family member of mine, my stepmother, Joni, who is, uh, I'm going to discuss, uh, I guess, her feelings about the future with this kind of change in a political regime. So, uh, Joni, reintroduce yourself, you know. Anything you you know, and you want to say? Start off. Well, I'm, I'm thrilled to be here, and just am so excited about this because I've been um, always an activist, no matter where in the world I've lived, and uh, have been a champion for the kinds of programs that Joe Biden and wonderful Kamala Harris, our first woman, uh, in a, a major role, the most major role have. Um, so I'm just delighted also as a woman with my personal feelings of excitement um, that that 
glass ceiling just went shattering all over the place <laughs> today, today, today. <laughs> and uh, then I have a beautiful little granddaughter that is one ready and willing to step into those shoes at the drop of a hat, <laughs> as you well know. It's true, yes. So, yes. you know, as being part of this family, that even brings more joy to my heart, knowing that it's me and all the generations are going to be so much more excited, happy, and have access to the kinds of world we want to create uh, and are creating with our our very being today and seeing the way they set up the whole inauguration uh, I thought was so tasteful and exciting and laid just a foundation for for grace and vision um, and of course our new poet laureate the new young lady uh, that spoke sets a whole new bar for all of us that was quite exciting. So I'm just thrilled, thrilled, thrilled being involved with a lot of removal energy, sustainable energy programs, healthy food, healthy soil, healthy bodies, um, knowing that those agendas are finally going to be um, addressed and implemented and shared throughout America and the world um, will make a huge difference on all fronts, particularly also with climate change, because carbon sourcing um, through the soil now and through our food. So those are some of my specific agenda items too. I'm very thrilled that I'll be part of, and so will all of you folks out there. I guess to start off with, I kind of wanted, um, I guess, you know, to You've already expressed your joy, so we know that. I also wanted to know if you have any apprehension. And the reason why I'm asking is because I think we're all, you know, fairly aware of the idea that Trump, you know, did did much to, you can say, embolden extremism, far-right extremism and such, and conspiracy theories, which has kind of, you know, led to um, you know, more activities by them, which, of course, you could say the kind of the climax so far of that has been basically the attempt to cool the insurrection of the Capitol. Yes. So my question to you is, is, is that, the question I have to you is, is that do you honestly feel or think that by Trump being gone and not having the voice that he once had, that... The issues that he helped to embolden are going are going to go away, or do you think, or do you think that there we have more, still more conflict in you know in our future? You know, I will just tell you right now, I have no anxiety about the aftermath and the litter that Donald Trump left in his his way. This is definitely a new day. It's a new day for me. Mm-hmm. Um, those people, I think, are going to have more and 
kind of values that other people shared in part for whatever reasons, but a lot of it was fueled by their own feelings of inadequacy in being able to do things, and that um, they believed in somebody like him, and, you know, that's unfortunate that you would live your life through somebody else that, you know, had no interest for anything you wanted to do, um, but only about themselves and uh, their survival. And what happened on January 6th was the most disgusting, despicable action ever in the history of this country. Um, tricking people into thinking that they would be part of something honorable is really sad. Um, I was a political science major, so I'm very interested in politics. Um, and so, to manipulate people and the institutions of government that he tried to corrupt, and did to some extent, you know, to see us have the opportunity to rise to much higher levels uh, and go way beyond that now, it's just exhilarating. And I'm not going to have an inch of anxiety. Why? Nope. I'm just excited about every moment moving forward that me and my fellow humanitarians around the world, not just in this country, but we're part of the whole world. I've lived all over the world. I know that. I have friends and family all over the world. And we all care about one thing, and that is love and us being together. And the power of what's happening now with love and a shared humanity and real hearts trumps everything you ever th could imagine. No pun intended. Okay. Well, no, yes. Oh, uh, pun intended. Uh, yes, okay. pun intended. Okay, well, yeah. I can appreciate that. The question I'm still asking is that if we're talking about reality... I think it's fair to say that um, uh, that kind of the base that has been kind of awakened or whatever, um, or that Trump has helped or to help embolden. Well, exposed, but also emboldened because yes, they've always been around. But up until more recent, up until hit, up until Trump's presidency, that you know the. Uh, the decision to act as openly as they had had, you know, wasn't really per se quite as much of an option. It wasn't something that they really took up. It was much more oh, something yeah, that was right. that was hidden, that was secret, that was, you know what I'm saying is is that you've you know, you've come so far but you look at it as saying, Okay, this was the actions of a mob. Like this was the actions of a mob that were pumped up. You know that but we also I think have to be realistic and realize is that there are many groups out there, groups like, you know, the Proud Boys, other extremist groups, militias, that all helped to play, all helped to play a part in this, that all helped to play along with this. They're a lot more organized and a lot more determined and, you could say, radicalized, um, you know, have a mission, per se, to act, um, as opposed to just the, you know, the blue collar, the, the, the base that was there. Uh -huh. On that, on the sixth, that was there for the rally. That, uh, you know, that, you know, that in some cases wasn't necessarily per se 
I won't say that they saw them many weren't aware of the idea because it was all over, you know, far right, you know, kind of like message boards and all that. But I have to say that I, I think that their influence, you know, that the inf- the influence that helped the cause them to agree to kind of do that action was most was most definitely a mob mentality. I think that if it had been less fewer people, I don't think it wouldn't have ha- wouldn't necessarily have happened. I think with the whole idea of the mob mentality kind of helped to play the parts and kind of, you know, cause it to kind of turn into what it turned into. So I guess my point is, is, is that um, there still are extremists out there, groups that are much more, you know, together, have their agenda and all that. With what just happened with an attempted coup, would you say that in a real world, just like with Islamic terrorism, just like with any other terrorism or extremism, that at this moment right now is something that we need to be aware and be prepared and be awoke to the fact that things may not turn out that great in the future, up until up until a certain point. That right now things, you know, are tense and things could happen. With you know, with the chatter and with the kind of the emboldenment of you know, of you know, groups and organizations, you know, like the Proud Boys or the Three Percenter militias and other groups like that. I mean, we already saw it, you know, in Michigan, you know, where there was the plan to kidnap a you know a Democratic Congress, you know, uh, politician because they didn't agree with her policies on uh, you know, our governor or whatever, or with her policies on COVID or anything like that, you know. Um, so it would seem within the realm of possibilities that there could still be more ahead with now a president that many people still view as not being a legitimate leader. That's that people still view as not being somebody who is the real, you know, uh, leader of our nation. And with that being something that's there and something that some people still truly, honestly, fully believe, it would make, it would, do you honestly think that is kind of a time to take a breath or you think that we need to be aware of what could come of what could be coming um, thank you for that question Andrew it's a really good question I think you've really uh, contextualized what is out there and what many people are you know, worst case scenario thinking um, and I respect that, but I also I don't have that concern or fear-based, uh, you know, thinking that oh my God, now what's going to happen? Well, we have now <laughs> a lot more transparency with everything in all branches of government, and certainly um, our leaders and the people. And I feel that. Uh, there's so much that we're going to be building together and creating together. Um, you know, I love the Ben Sasses of the world and the things that he's talking about. You know, like fellow Midwestern Republican senator uh, from the great state of Nebraska, which my nephew runs. The, he's the top basketball coach there, so mm-hmm. I know uh, they're friends. Mm-hmm. And so, if a Democrat and a Republican like that can be friends, well, we can all be friends and, you know, build the team of, of America together with vision and truth that is going to have a whole new level of reinforcement because 
everything's going to be so transparent now, you know, um, and open. Because the thing that we're being asked to do also in this healing process, the first thing we should do in anything is really learn how to listen to each other, you know, just because, and I have lots of family members that are Trumpers, and I've just got to always be able to listen to them. Whether they want to listen to me is one thing or another, but I've got to be able to listen. We have to be the ones to, to go that extra mile because it's it's an emotional charge that's behind these people, you know. So we have to be emotionally aware and engaged in our own feelings and sentiments so that we don't get triggered to go in a different direction, but to build a greater humanity for all of us. Okay. Oh, I like that. I see. Um, there's one other question before we move on to a more positive part of this kind of discussion. And that is, um, do you think that right now with some of the GOP how can I put how what's the best way to put this? Some of the GOP kind of, in some form or fashion supporting the idea of Trump having the election stolen from him, the idea that there has been some accusations or that that there has been some accusations that even the that even the insurrection to a degree was like an inside job. My question to you is, is that with that being the case, um, do you think that first I'll ask you this. Do you think I'll put it another way. Do you think that we should focus, that like the U.S. government, the, you know, the, the law enforcement, all that, should focus on penalizing those who participated in the insurrection or those who helped to make it possible? So, do you, so what I'm saying is, is that, you know, like, just one real quick, you know, is that there were, like, instances of where, like, um, some Democratic... You know, Congress, you know, Congress, uh, congressmen and women, their staffers had basically told, had basically said that their panic buttons, the buttons that they, you know, had in their offices in order to press if there was an emergency, right. were removed yep. right before the interaction. So what I'm saying is, is that while the Justice Department is doing an investigation into why that, why some of those things are, why they weren't as prepared, those who, if they find any evidence of those who are, but they should they do you think they do you think that this should be a time of more of like like you said healing in a sense and kind of like letting things go and being able to do things or do you think that there should be some harsh stringent kind of like punishments that are passed down on those who in some form or fashion participated in this inter- insurrection or in, you know helping to try to you know protect Trump to try to instill the idea that the election was stolen, you know, that played like, all played into this ultimate event happening on January the 6th. I definitely believe there should be full accountability. Full accountability for anyone that enabled or was part of this. You are accountable. And now we'll find you because, you know, it's all going to rise to the surface and we can track anything now. You know, the way our technology is set up, which is sometimes scary, but in this sense, we need social justice on this. And absolutely, 
that's the way our system works. That's who we are. And that's what we're going to develop as a nation, is to have, you know, you want to play those kind of games, you better think twice, because there is accountability. Okay, okay. Now, moving forward, of course, in a positive, you know, uh, direction here. Um, what are you more? What are you most looking forward to now? Come, uh, you know, in the future here, or coming ahead, or, or ahead of us now that uh, you know Joe, Joe, and Kamala are now officially, basically in control, or you know, uh, basically taking the leadership role and are officially in office. Well, I'm really excited about um, because they're talking about all the things I care about. Which, number one is creating communities of kindness <laughs> and and listening and trying to unify. Okay. So my goal is to try and unify people that can help support the agendas I care about most. His most important position for me that he appointed was the new Secretary of Interior, Representative Deborah Holland, because she's a Native American and mm-hmm. the Department of Interior runs our natural resources, our Indian relations, the Bureau of Indian Management, which has been totally abused all of these years. Mm-hmm. So to finally have Native people, the indigenous people, with someone that can understand and mm-hmm. help manage this much mis- the most misdirected uh, department mm-hmm. going, I yeah. think so much at stake for us to be able to have good management and, and vision moving forward on how to... So I'm most excited about her because that also affects our climate change because Native people know how to take care of Mother Earth. And the Mohawks that I'm working with are the Southern Utes on various um, uh, programs you know, will now finally get some support mm-hmm. because there's a voice to listen and there's a lot of, you know, validity to these things. So on climate change, um, things I'm very involved with, with, we have solutions on how to sequest carbon. How do you do it? Through sustainable farming techniques. Look at the what we're doing through Dr. Zach Bush and the future. Farmers' Footprint, those films, and working with farmers through the Slow Money projects that Woody Test started, um, creating sustainable, regenerative agriculture where the people take their land back and sustainably regenerate it so that we have healthy soil. You have healthy soil, you can get an amazing amount of carbon sequestration. Uh, and then that gives us healthy food and healthy mm-hmm. bodies. So it's that whole circle that's going to be connected now and very powerful. We create healthy humans so that our little Cassidy gets healthy food at her schools and her mm-hmm. stores and in her little lunchbox. Oh, I see. Okay. Okay. Now, is there. Uh Anything else that you, that uh, you find that you think, uh, besides the green 
uh, you know, kind of energy aspect of it and the climate change? Is there anything else that you, that you are, I guess, kind of especially kind of like waiting for in terms of what you at least believe or hope that the two, the president and the vice president, will, will be able to achieve and follow through, follow through on a promise, any promises that they've made, anything, programs that they said that they were going to try to implement besides you know, the more or less the green kind of like programs we're just talking about. Yes, thank you for that question because it's what we should be thinking about. It's a very good question. We ask that to everybody, and I'm sure you do. <laughs> <laughs> but um, the reason I was focusing on all that because this all builds you into a healthy body. You know, I've been a vegetarian half of my life. I do organic gardening. I know that a healthy body and a healthy soil creates a healthy life. You know, I haven't been sick since I've been a vegetarian because of those healthy choices. And, you know, to create a lockdown with something like COVID, where they haven't even looked sideways at thinking, what, what are the natural ways of staying healthy so you don't have to take drugs or be vaccinated? Well, listen to people like Dell Bigtree, who has the high wire, and, you know, so many others, Dr. Gabriel Cousins, you know, Dr. David Katz, started the wellness programs at Yale. You know, people that do programs called The Real Truth About Health. Google those. If you stay healthy and know how to take colloidal silver, which no one wants to talk about, and that you can re-energize with oregano oil and vitamin C and zinc, why aren't those tools being used so nobody has to go into the hospitals and die? You know? use them in our clinics and our homes and we won't have these pandemics and the drug companies you know are worried to death that they're going to be sued to death because every single drug everyone has a side effect and they're being sued right and left just look at what happened to monsanto big time so the only thing they can pronounce now that doesn't have liability on them is what's got to be looked at first, vaccinations. There's no recourse to anybody that creates a vaccination, a vaccine. That has to be looked at. There's no recourse. Congress mm -hmm. took away the, any liability for a manufacturer of vaccines. <laughs> so okay. now everybody wants, if you could get everybody worried, and so that they are begging for a vaccine where they never were before. Everybody was wary because they should be. Because there's not a vaccine that works for much of anything these days, including the ones out now. And just do a little more exploration before you stick one in the arm. Wait, 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 wait. what do you take mean? Take a look at what it oh, is. Wait, well, what do you mean they. What do you mean? Because I know we're turning a little bit of a, of a curve here. Yeah. Okay, but what do you mean by that don't work for much? Well, what do you mean? Which... Take a look at the, what they're doing with this whole program. Whether they're what? Which program? What's really in the, the vaccines. Just take a look. Bro, listen to what, no, what I'm saying. The well, wire says. Oh no! But okay, well, I'm and saying. All but, it's, well, and listen to the, the the talk he did with Dr. Zach Bush a couple of months ago. That is the most important thing to explain how all of Mother Nature and our bodies have worked since the beginning of time. And if just 
go listen to that. But the and question, then we'll have our next question. <laughs> okay, no, 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 no. But but you brought you this. You you brought this. I got. I know. Yes. But you brought this up, so this is why I'm coming to this. Yes, huh? I mean, we can do a whole other talk if you want to another time about the okay. vaccine. But the only question I'm asking is, is that first off, you got to tell people out there what the high wire is because you just brought that up, and I'm not sure everyone who. You know, whoever is going to know exactly what that is. So yeah. explain first off what oh, that sure. is briefly, briefly, yeah. not long, just brief. Right. The High Wire is a program started by our wonderful producer, um, Dell, D-E-L, Big Tree, B-I-G-T-R-E-E. And Dell was the producer of The Doctors with NBC for years and interviewed and is in the middle of health and the whole, you know, as much about medicine as any person on this planet is ever going to know. He then did the movies Faxed on the vaccinations to show how we're not getting all the truth there and there's a real story behind it because it's hard to get this out on the airwaves because on every airway all day long, on every media, it's supported by um, a drug that they're trying to sell you every five minutes. They own the game. So when he did his movie Vaxxed, and then after that he did Vaxxed 2, to tell the story of what's involved in these vaccines, the whole autism scandal, all of this. Just Dell produced both of those movies, and he got banned from every pharmaceutical-backed industry, saying, oh, well... Uh, Watch his movies because he done research. So, but what is which that? We'll do that. We I mean, can, we'll, we'll do it. Actually, yeah. let me rephrase that. We'll do that in another time. Wire. Okay, Turn no, the but put the, put the high wire. We got that part. I'm saying is, is that we're going to get to this at another time. Yes. Moving on. Yes. Thank yeah. you for that aspect because this is this is uh, about the inauguration, not yeah. about not about this. We can do all right. this. Question that I have for you because soon we will have to shut down. Um. Okay, so kind of, um, what did you find in terms of the actual inauguration itself that was most inspiring to you? What did you find that was most uplifting to you at this time? I know that while you were watching it, you were very pumped and very kind of energetic. What was the thing that got you the most? What was it that really kind of pulled you in and made you feel as though this was a time of change, a time of where the seasons were turning? Lady Gaga! <laughs> oh, sweet Jesus. Alright, tell me why. Come on, talk to me here. Talk to me. Listen, come on. I'm normally at these. I'm normally in D.C. for these inaugurations. I'm I'm part of all the groups that are going on. I, You know, your dad and I used to film a lot of them and just have a lot of fun there in D.C. We were there when um, Obama first got elected. And we were watching that helicopter take off with Bush, listening to everybody in D.C. go, yay! So, you know, I I love these things, and uh, to see it all coming together so gracefully and beautifully and well-produced, um, and with such grace, dignity, and caring, and that it was so dynamic and so well done, um, and... I just loved that we did the transition with our new fabulous president and fabulous woman president, Kamala Harris.
go, girl. You know, there you go. You know, and all the team they're bringing in that I have so much confidence in, you know, in, in most respects. Um, am I ever going to agree with anybody all the time on anything? No, that's not who we are as human beings. We all have our differences. But to see that level um, and this transition, and I wasn't scared for one moment, you know, and I'm, I'm not going forward. I choose to live my life in light, love, and liberty, and respect for all. Okay, I I see. I understand. Um, last, uh, you know, last thing. Just kind of closing here, real quick. Um, I guess. So obviously, you you are looking at this in a very positive, you know, positive light. Um, what do you think will be the effect of, let's say, their term in office? How do you think? I'll put it in a two-part thing because you are basically one of my daughter's grandmother, you know, grandmothers, mm -hmm. um, and I know in that sense, as they all do. I'm speaking to you right now. They all, you know, look at my as at your granddaughter, of course. You know, it's kind of you know the next generation, the future, whatever. And so, do you think that their term in office is going to have a dramatic effect? on, let's say, your granddaughter's future? Great question. My favorite question. Anything to do with Cassidy <laughs> is, is the, you know, the center of my heart and soul. So, yes, and, and just to see her, and, you know, how cute it was when we were watching the, the primaries and then he got uh, chosen when he got it. And I remember her sitting there and I just filmed her because... She just like turns and goes, when I grow up, I can't wait to vote for Joe Biden. <laughs> it was just delightful that at seven, she was feeling that sense legitimately, because you can't fool a seven-year-old at all, that every little part of her little cell soul, heart and soul, was just on the future and the excitement that we had on this. Mm -hmm. As she's watching, you know, CNN with us. And um, it was so cute to see that. And I thought, here comes another one. Because I felt the same way when I was little. With my grandparents getting involved in all of the, the local politics. So that she felt that engaged. And that part of it that, oh, that's going to be my vote. That's where my equity goes in all this. That's where my heart and soul, my vision. I'm with that kind of vision, you know, that he had laid out, he and Kamala. And they were a duo the whole time. Beautiful. And so I just feel very fun, um, engaged, because this is going to be a lot of fun for us. Because all the hard work has been done over the last 20 years creating the importance for the issues to be healthy, sustainably, healthy earth, climate change, all of these little things that I'm part of. You know, all those programs are out there. Now we get to just empower them. Now we get the Green New Deal. Hello, is that ever going to be fun? Watching people get real legitimate jobs, making a difference in America. You know, I built a solar house 20 years ago with permaculture and a greenhouse and thought, why doesn't everybody do this? Well, now we can. 
and then you have food security and energy security, and we mm -hmm. don't need to go elsewhere. There doesn't have to be any war fighting for anything because there's enough for everybody in their own backyard if you know how to take care, of your, take care of your own soil. Create healthy water. Here you go. Clean air. Mm -hmm. We now have clean air from COVID. Everybody's staying home. Mm -hmm. And we know how to do that now. So I just see a lot of um, people joining together and taking these initiatives and boom, mm -hmm. having them having them recreate mm -hmm. a future that does work for everybody because it's here right now in this moment. Right. Well, thank you, Joni. I appreciate it very much. It was very nice talking with you and uh, you know, hearing your perspective. And we will again, of course, do it again very soon. Good. I look forward to that. Thank Always. you again. <laughs>Thanks for listening. Do you have any thoughts or feelings, ideas, comments about my topics, my guests? If you do, hit me up. You can catch me on Twitter at Papa Homebound. Until next time, peace. Coffee in a Car Ride is brought to you by Anchor, the app that makes creating and distributing a podcast easy. And also buy, of course, coffee. So uh, thanks for listening and all that. You know, uh, like, subscribe, you know, comment, whatever. And also don't forget to uh, check out my blog, White Bicycle Review. It is whitebicyclereview.blogspot.com. Check that out, you know, to get more, to get some articles about politics and, uh, you know, other issue, other current issues and all that. You know, check it out. And thank you again. Until next time, move forward.